，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。The、American Institute on Taiwan on Thursday announced that its current chair, James Moriarty, will retire on March 20th. His post will be taken over by Laura Rosenberger, who was previously the White House Senior Director for China and Taiwan Affairs. Known for her hawkish stance on China, global media attention has turned to how she will strengthen U.S.-Taiwan relations. Let's hear what her stance was last year. It's really important、um, to, to underscore that you know the the importance of peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait and ensuring that there is no unilateral change to the status quo is is something that's important not just for the United States and not just for for Taiwan,、um, but that is important、um, to a number of other countries、um, around the world. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs is extremely thankful for all the work that AIT Chair James Moriarty did during his term to strengthen Taiwan-U.S. relations. We would also like to welcome the new chair to her post. Rosenberger had been spotted attending an event for top-level security dialogue held at the AIT's Washington headquarters in late February. She was there with Foreign Minister Joseph Wu and National Security Council Secretary General Wellington Ku. Rosenberger has been the senior director for China and Taiwan affairs at the White House since the very start of the Biden administration. As a close aide to the president, she's been seen as an important bridge between Taiwan and the U.S. President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday received the founder of the Washington-based think tank, the Heritage Foundation, at the presidential office. Edwin Fulner. Invited Tsai to visit to visit Washington, saying that bipartisan support for Taiwan was high. In the past week alone, three House committees have passed at least 14 pro-Taiwan bills, though they have yet not yet to become law. One Taiwan lawmaker says it's a sign of the tremendous support for Taiwan in the U.S. Congress. Heritage Foundation founder Edwin Fulner greets President Tsai Ing-wen warmly. His foundation's latest index of economic freedom ranked Taiwan's economy as the fourth freest in the world. That's Taiwan's best showing in the report. We hope that Taiwan and the U.S. will sign a bilateral trade agreement in the future. As well as an agreement to prevent double taxation, so that the two sides can have a deeper relationship on economic and trade cooperation. Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi and her delegation caused、uh, some concern in the Asia Pacific region by other people, but for us it was a sign of continued bipartisan support for the freedom, the independence, and the vigor of the U.S. Taiwan relationship, suggesting that instead of Kevin McCarthy coming here, you should come to Washington. Fulner invited President Tsai to visit Washington, saying that he felt a strong support for Taiwan across party lines. In recent days, the situation in the Taiwan Strait has been a hotly debated topic in the U.S. Congress. On Tuesday, the U.S. House Committee on Foreign Affairs passed eight pro-Taiwan bills, 
One of them was the Taiwan Assurance Implementation Act, which requires the U.S. Department of State to review its guidelines for interacting with Taiwan on a regular basis and have more thorough supervision on the development of Taiwan-U.S. ties. The same day, the House Financial Services Committee passed several bills of its own on Taiwan, including the Taiwan Conflict Deterrence Act, the Protect Taiwan Act, and the Taiwan Non-Discrimination Act, which aimed to prevent a Chinese attack on Taiwan via financial mechanisms. And on Wednesday, the House Foreign Affairs Committee passed three more bills. One of them was the Deterring America's Technological Adversaries Act, which seeks to give President Joe Biden the authority to ban Chinese mobile video app TikTok. Another was the Countering the PRC Malign Influence Fund Authorization Act. And the third was the Upholding Sovereignty and Airspace Act, which aims to hold China accountable for violating the U.S.'s airspace with high-altitude surveillance balloons, and which would also require the U.S. to support Taiwan's participation in the United Nations International Civil Aviation Organization. All these bills still have to be approved by the House and the Senate before being sent to President Biden to sign into law. Some of the bills will put more economic pressure on China to let Beijing know that the U.S. stands with Taiwan. So these are extremely meaningful moves. With more and more pro-Taiwan bills introduced in the U.S. Congress, the U.S. is sending a strong signal to the world on where it stands on Taiwan matters. Of U.S.-China tensions and information security concerns, the U.S. House of Representatives on Wednesday advanced a bill which would allow President Joe Biden to ban Chinese video sharing app TikTok. This comes after other nations, including Canada, Japan and India, have introduced their own restrictions on the app. Let's see what this could mean for Taiwan. Countless videos from the popular Chinese app TikTok have gone viral around the world. But a lurking online security crisis behind the scenes has more and more countries on the alert. On Wednesday, the U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee voted to grant President Joe Biden authorization to ban TikTok, with a result of 24-4 and 16 against. The bill is expected to be sent to the full House for another vote this month. Meanwhile, the White House has ordered all federal agencies to remove TikTok from their devices within 30 days. We have been clear about our concerns about TikTok, uh, apps like TikTok, and certainly our concerns with countries including uh, China as they seek to leverage digital technologies and Americans uh, and Americans' data in ways that can present uh, harm and and uh, and risk to our national security. Clearly, we are living through one of the most dangerous periods in American foreign policy in a generation. Already, 20 U.S. state governments have announced TikTok bans. As for other parts of the world, Canada bans the app on government devices starting March 1st, while Japan and the EU have also long banned TikTok on work devices. Australia has a ban within internal affairs and defense departments, and India has passed legislation for a complete TikTok ban. In recent years, China has been more active in international public opinion and the online world. They are constantly doing all sorts of manipulation, and their manipulation is getting more and more sophisticated and more and more influential. Taiwan currently bans TikTok in the executive yuan and its departments for information security reasons. But as more countries bring down the ban hammer, many are discussing whether Taiwan's TikTok restrictions should be expanded. 
It is very difficult to control this kind of social media in the international arena, so think tanks have not yet conducted very good studies on the necessity of controlling them. Although as a social media app, a complete TikTok ban would be difficult, officials can and should educate the public on countering China's information war. China continues to use its united front strategy to push for unification with Taiwan and is now even targeting Taiwan's grassroots levels. Recently, local officials from Kaohsiung and Foguangshan Monastery have conducted exchanges with China, setting off alarm bells for Taiwan state-building party legislators. Let's hear what they have to say about this situation. The head of China's Taiwan Affairs Office, Song Tao, met with a group from Taiwan's Foguangshan Monastery, including head abbot Xinbao, on Wednesday. During the visit, Song said he hoped Foguangshan would help promote peaceful unification. China is not only extending its reach to Taiwan's religious community, but also groups at the grassroots level. Just recently, a delegation of borough chiefs from Kaohsiung traveled to Beijing for community exchanges, also personally received by Song, with reports emphasizing non-stop that compatriots on both sides of the strait are one family. Now, the Taiwan State Building Party has alerted the public that on February 2nd, an online lantern festival celebration was held between officials from Kaohsiung's Fengshan District and Beijing's Xicheng District. Even the retired deputy commissioner of Taiwan's National Police Agency, Tsai Junjiang, who is also an ink painter, took part in the event as an artist. Tsai Junjiang, the former deputy commissioner of the National Police Agency, gave a special speech on stage and even presented a work of calligraphy. Current regulations only state that retired heads and deputy heads of national security and intelligence agencies are not allowed to participate in celebrations organized by China. But these sort of united front activities organized by agents of the CCP within Taiwan have become a loophole for allowing retired senior officials to participate. A senior official from the National Police Agency, Tsai Junjiang, used his identity as an artist to conduct online communications with China and cleverly evaded the Cross-Strait Act. The borough chiefs are also in an awkward position because they don't fall within the scope of the Civil Servants Work Act. It would be very worthwhile for our Taiwanese society and the Tsai administration to pay more attention to this. Taiwan State Building Party members say that Tsai, who has studied ink painting for 55 years, has close ties with China. They say he held titles such as Vice President of China's Handling Painting and Calligraphy Academy and has become a pawn of the CCP. Now they call for authorities to take action to prevent China from continuing to meddle in Taiwan. Taiwan reported 13,804 local COVID infections on Thursday as cases start declining in the country. Last week, the total number of infections was 13.8% lower than the previous week, and this Monday saw less than 10,000 reported cases for the first time in more than 300 days. Health officials say the mask mandate in schools will be lifted on March 6. Moving forward, if the COVID situation remains stable, it may do away with isolation for COVID patients as early as the end of the month. Let's hear from the CECC. 
It's been more than 300 days since last April that we saw such a low caseload. We have discussed the matter of removing self-isolation periods for COVID patients for more than a month. There are a lot of matters to be discussed on the administrative front, and we must communicate with many government agencies. We've been working on this all along. If the COVID situation is stable, we would remove self-isolation periods as soon as possible. The head of the CECC said the lifting of all relevant COVID rules will be carried out in three phases. The first is to remove self-isolation periods and stop requiring reports of patients with mild symptoms. The second is to reassign specialized wards at the health centers and ease any relevant regulations. The final phase will be to downgrade COVID to a Category 4 communicable disease and dissolve or downgrade the CECC. Lawmakers on Thursday put forward a variety of proposals to reform Taiwan's public holidays. Some lawmakers say the number of holidays should be increased to include dates like the Lantern Festival or the Indigenous People's Day. Others say that Taiwan should do away with its system of make-up workdays, which make employees work on Saturdays in exchange for having a four-day-long weekend. The discussion comes amid complaints that this year's work calendar contained an unprecedented six instances of makeup work days. The Legislative Yuan's Internal Administration Committee on Thursday discussed the matter of Taiwan's public holidays. Ruling and opposition lawmakers all put forward proposals for different kinds of holidays. We've seen the 228 Peace Memorial Day has become a political money-printing machine. We in Jinmen don't think that the 228 Peace Memorial Day is something we should all be celebrating in the country. In fact, people in Jinmen think we should be memorializing the second Taiwan Strait crisis. Perhaps we should also consider the Lantern Festival as a public folk holiday. I think we should change holidays that commemorate our authoritarian past for holidays that are more in line with the country's modern democratic values. There are currently 11 public holidays, which include New Year's Day, Lunar New Year's Eve, 228 Peace Memorial Day, and the Dragon Boat Festival. Each lawmaker had a different opinion on making changes. The new power party says the number of days off should be increased to 19 days per year, saying that people are already overworked in Taiwan. A lawmaker from the KMT opposed the idea. Can't we hold back a little? Let's not create artificial celebrations. Let's take a look at the total number of non-work days in one year. If we were to stop implementing make-up work days, the total of days off would exceed the amount stipulated in our laws, which is 115 or 116 days. That is a big deal. And the matter of make-up workdays and long weekends has been a hot topic for years. And with so many different opinions in the legislature, discussions will likely keep going for long. Water levels continue falling in southern Taiwan, and the Central Weather Bureau say substantive rainfall won't come until May. Over in Jiayi County, Zhengwen Reservoir is at just 22 percent capacity, which means it has just about enough water to last 60 days. In Kaohsiung, water rationing will start on March 8th by lowering the pressure of the water supply between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. 
Jiayi and Tainan have already launched similar measures, and Tainan took matters a bit further on Wednesday. Industrial users that go through 1,000 tons of water will receive 10% less water. Non-industrial users that consume just as much, like swimming pools and car washes, will get 20% less. Economics Minister Wang Meihua says response measures have already been launched in the south, such as installing wells and diverting underground water from Pingdong to Kaohsiung. China's move to ban imports of Taiwanese fish has hit Taiwanese fisheries. Now fishermen are pivoting their strategy to promote the local catch at home in Taiwan. Today, we learn from a home economics teacher a simple and affordable fish recipe to wow the whole family. The mackerel is in season right now, and it's perfect for the Japanese dish ichiyaboshi. The salted fish dish is often served at Japanese bars, but with this easy recipe, you can make it at home. A fish sizzles on the grill, its skin turning golden brown while the white flesh grows more and more tender. Oil runs along the fins, crackling. The classic Japanese dish, ichiyaboshi, or semi-dried mackerel, is served with a sprinkle of salt and pepper, and you can easily make it at home. In a restaurant, it would cost about 300 NT. If you buy it and make it at home, it's about 100 NT. It's very simple to make, in fact. You can enjoy a dish that's normally just in restaurants. The chef cuts open a four-finger thread fin, lays it flat, and rinses it in a 10-to-1 solution of salty water to remove any unpleasant odors. Then she marinades it in salty water in the fridge for one hour. Next, she removes excess water with kitchen towels. Finally, she props it open with bamboo sticks and ties up the tail with string. It's hung out to dry for the night and can be stir-fried or barbecued the next day. I can't cook, but it's very simple. You just cut it open, wash it and salt it, and then you can make a classic dish from a Japanese izakaya. I think it's quite simple and easy to get the hang of and fun. Each catch is about one ton, which means about 3,000 fish. It's the season for four-finger threadfin right now. So it's the perfect moment for us to make a big marketing push and introduce Taiwanese people to the taste of the four-finger threadfin. This home economics teacher advises buying a 300-gram threadfin for the perfect ichiyaboshi. Why not head down to the fish market and give it a try this spring? We now take you to a show that utilizes a mixture of stage performance, multimedia and objects to discuss contemporary issues. A Spanish theater company is in Taiwan for the first time to showcase one of its latest productions, The Mountain. The piece encourages the audience to distinguish between truth and myth. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a closer look. Right now, I am here on this stage playing baseball and I am Vladimir Putin. Actor takes the stage. Behind her, various multimedia images are projected onto the screens, such as badminton players playing baseball, the first expedition to Mount Everest, Russian leader Vladimir Putin, a fake news website, snow and more. All into the era of thinking that truth is 
simple. This is the mountain. In this production, Spanish multimedia theater company Agrupación Senor Serrano attempts to ask the audience questions, facilitate discussions about truth and myth, and reveal the often flawed human perception of facts, contradictions, and myths. The piece was inspired by Orson Welles' 1938 radio show, War of the Worlds, which was based on the novel by H.G. Wells. Yeah, all the time Putin is talking about the truth and what can we trust and what is to actually trust, like, can I trust, like, forever uh, to someone or um, do I have to double check the information all the time? in order for me to trust this information, how vulnerable I am um, in front of all this amount of information as well. You can see like these two realities. You can see the, the reality on screen and you can see us doing the thing because we don't hide from that. Um, we, you can see us uh, manipulating the, the stuff and holding the cameras and moving uh, papers and, and objects. And you can see how the, the lie is, is being made. Agrupación Senor Serrano is a Barcelona-based theater company that was founded in 2006. The company creates shows based on contradictory and controversial topics about contemporary life. It hopes to tell stories through the use of innovative mediums to expand the possibilities of theater. Its productions juxtapose stage performances, live video, text, scale models, objects, and more. The theater company is currently on an international tour and is performing in Taiwan for the first time. It's amazing. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's. Um, I think that it's difficult to, in Europe to see uh, cities bigger uh, as big as uh, Taipei, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's for me, it's like impressive, uh, yeah. impressive uh, situation to be in this uh, uh, big city full of. Uh, uh, buildings, big buildings, and and there's the, some points where you can just find the calm, yeah. and that's also beautiful. Like you have all the rush in the street, and then you just get into the point that it's just like silence and everything. Just like that's really nice. The show will be performed at the National Theatre and Concert Hall from March 3rd till March 5th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Huang Borong in Taipei.